life is never not the opposing streams that push you in different directions. The ones that are sometimes gentle and sometimes violently dangerous. It's just how you flow in the stream. That's all you can really influence is how you flow in the stream. Are you surfing it? Are you able to go with that flow and to direct it and to have some influence, but also realize that you don't have all the influence, that some of these streams just happen. And they didn't happen because you make them happen. And they didn't happen because you're a bad person. And when they're nice, it's not because you're a good person. They just happen. This is life and you're in it. And what you can do is the way you appreciate, enjoy and experience those streams. And sometimes the way you survive them and sometimes the way you enjoy them. But the stream of life will always keep going on and it will not just go in one direction and it will not just always be pleasant at the pace that you have chosen. No asking it is given, no positive thinking, no presence, mindfulness would ever create life that is that, right? It's just not possible. Things will happen. And on a micro level, we can all practice this in our day-to-day internal experience. And it's always in the areas that we are most rejecting that we can mostly practice and grow, right? I wrote this yesterday that it's the relationships in our lives that are the most challenging are the truest mirrors showing us who we are and who we are not yet ready to accept, right? If you have a mother or father or brother and you just always fight with them and they are really triggering you and you can't handle them, there's something about who they are that is reflecting back something about who you are that you can't handle because you're not ready to handle it. You don't want to see it. That's why you overreact, run away or attack. But that's very unpleasant. Right? That's a very unpleasant thing to contemplate. The same thing is true for our own emotions, right? So when I wake up in the morning, like I did this morning, and I feel a slight melancholy and depression, of course, like one of my first thoughts was, wow, you're still not over this because it's been a while since I've had that. And because I woke up and I had no good reason to feel this way. Everything in my life is tip top, five stars, top notch. So there was an instant guilt, a voice in my head saying, this is still where we are. And that voice wanted to fight the stream and hyperventilate in a way that would make me drown and suffer through this experience, through these emotions. Yeah. And also there's like the implicit statement that just because you experienced it at that time, in that moment, it's still who you are, right? It's your identity rather than an experience in time, which makes it so much worse, right? I mean, which is something we tend to do in so many things in our lives, right? We take a friendship and we turn it into who we are. We take the things we're working on and it becomes our identity. What does this mean about who I am? And if it's about identity, it's a much more monumental judgment than if it's just about an action, right? And then I thought, well, this is about, like, let's see how I'm going to walk on this tightrope today, right? Oh, it seems like today is another day where I find myself on this type of tightrope. Let's see how this is going to go. Will I fall? Will I struggle? Will I be afraid and not go on it? Will I go on it and fall? Will I enjoy? Who knows? Just this is it. Not a big like, why is it it? But it is what it is. Let's see what we do with it. And, you know, for the first hour, like I went out and grabbed a coffee. In the last couple of days, every morning I grab coffee at Joe's here in Austin. And it's like before dawn, 7 a.m. And I sit down and I listen to either this podcast or some music. And I write to my friends and I write down my thoughts. And I feel amazing. And I was like at Joe's and I could not listen to anything. And I was writing thoughts. Writing wasn't good. And I was like, wow, coffee isn't good. And then again, my mind went to, why isn't this the way I want it to be? It's been like that for the last three days. Why isn't it that the moment I left home and I sat down and had my espresso that I started feeling better? It should have worked. Why isn't it working? And then again, it was a, well, 
this isn't working. Let's go back to the apartment and see what we can do there. And I knew I wanted, I thought, let's actually do some yoga. Yoga might feel really good and be bringing some ease to all my tension. And then I came back and for half an hour, I could not get on the yoga mat. I was just like on Twitter, getting more and more tense. Just don't want to do the thing that I need to do. And then these thoughts pop up. I have a lunch meeting with some friends. Let's cancel that. I wanted to go to the gym before the lunch meeting. Let's maybe also cancel the other thing. But then I'm going to have a recording with Romina. Maybe today I could should just cancel everything, right? Those are kind of the natural thoughts. And then eventually I thought, well, I can't think my way to something interesting. I can't coffee my way to something interesting. Let's see if I won't yoga myself. Maybe I'll do yoga. It's going to be a really suck experience. Let's see how yoga will feel like. But with yoga, I didn't do it with the approach of yoga will solve this problem to me. Let's see how bad yoga can feel in this state. Let's see what it's going to do, whatever it's going to do. Then after yoga, I felt a little bit better and I took a shower and I went and met up with my friends for lunch. And then I did a bit of work. And then, you know, I started feeling better and better and came back and I went to the gym and still I could sense a certain tiredness today. I haven't turned this day around to like the best day ever. I'm the happiest ever, but that's fine. It's been a very interesting day to play with the idea that all my worst sides, all my worst feelings, all my worst states, all my worst habits are part of what makes my life rich and interesting. At the end of my yoga practice, I started to pray again, a very new experience for me and and there, I really had kind of a deep-rooted reverence and gratitude for everything and everyone that I don't like in my life, right? Just like everything that I reject in my life is part of what makes my life rich and richer. And if all the things that I reject and that I don't like disappeared, I would be in trouble. My life would be so much poorer. It wouldn't be better. Which is another thing that pops up for me. One, sometimes we have this idea that if we only eliminate enough of the things we didn't like with this idea of like we're a sculpture we're like we're chipping away anything that's not part of the masterpiece right that's some kind of a self-help idea you're this block of stone of granite and the goal is to chip away anything that's not the true you until boom the masterpiece is unveiled and this is such a cool idea like there's a beauty in that idea but it's also kind of dumb in the way that there is this perfection that we can attain and get to that that will be the destination Steli, the masterpiece. Finally, I chipped away everything that was not part of the masterpiece. Every ugly little bit of granite that didn't make the face of the statue perfect, that didn't make the muscles perfect, that didn't make the posing perfect. And now look at me, I have perfected myself and I'm this masterpiece to be admired. And finally, I can exhale and feel happy and amazing. And all that's bullshit because the part of the... Ma it's also static. Yes. Right? There's yes. no movement. Because it has this idea that there is a destination, there's a final piece. The art of being a human being is not in that you've chipped away everything about you that wasn't good and you've arrived at the perfect version of you. The beauty and art of being human is that every single moment you have the chance to reborn, renew, you have the chance to relive and repeat like it is all a river that's constantly ever flowing and just like you can't stop at the same point of a river or twice or whatever the saying is, you cannot find yourself exactly the same twice in any given moment in time. If you just from one second to the next, something has changed. Cells in your body, tension in your body, breathing, a thought, a movement. You're never exactly the same. That is the art, is like flowing with that, changing with that, evolving with that, enjoying all of that. The art of life is much more like a dance that while you dance, the music changes and while the music changes, 
your dance changes and it's kind of half discovery, half influence of a life performance art. And it's not a painting, like an empty canvas. You sit down, you pick the colors, you fill out the whole thing and then boom, you put in your signature on it and you hang it on a wall and ta-da, we're done. The masterpiece of my life. I figured it out. It's this. Let's not invite everybody to look at it, right? To put a value on it, to appraise it. That's not what it is. But because that idea is so poetic and appealing and enchanting, many of us chase that idea. Now, there's lots of people whose suffering is embedded in how far away they are from that, like from the final masterpiece. They chip away and chip away and then they look at the block and they're like, Jesus fucking Christ, I've been chipping away at this for 40 years and it's still a block that I don't see anything here can't tell what it is. Everybody knows this is ugly. I know it's ugly. I'll never finish it. And that's where their suffering is rooted. They feel they're so far away from their true, quote unquote, their true self, whatever the fuck that means, or from their true potential. Oh my God, I'm so far away from my true potential. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. My imaginary, perfect, stylized image of my life, my feelings, my thoughts. I'm very far away from anything I could imagine doing. I can imagine flying like a bird without an airplane or an engine. That doesn't mean I'm far away from my flying potential. Just because humans can imagine certain things doesn't mean they actually can do them and should do all of them. But anyways, that's a different topic. Some people... Yeah, I think that's more about the belief, what they think is possible what is for possible, them. Right? Yeah. But there's people that suffer because they feel themselves so far away from their perfect masterpiece of life. And then there are other people that I think are suffering tremendously because they're so fucking close to the fucking masterpiece. We all know these people. They're people that seem sort of perfect, kind of perfectly cohesive, like everything in their life kind of makes sense, clicks, connects. You look at them and you go, Jesus Christ, this person, the way they dress, the way they move, the job they have, the way they talk, their spouse, their husband, the house they live in, the vacations they take, the way they wake up in the morning, the way they go to bed, everything connects. It's such a cohesive thing. Seems like they figured it out. Wow, these people are more fucked than the people that are looking at their blobs going, what the fuck is this? They're even more fucked. This is the old what is it, a Hemingway quote where it's like there's just two tragedies in life. One is not getting what you want and the other one is getting what you want, right? These people are in the situation where they're very close to think they figured it out. And then what you do, like when you've perfected your art, your masterpiece, when you are perfect in everybody else's eyes and your own, but everything still sucks so much, what do you do then? Where do you go from there? You cannot move anywhere. There's no space. You've locked yourself in a small cage and everybody's like, wow, are you free? You're the freest bird in the universe. Wow. And you're just like, I don't know, I can just probably have to smile until I die and pretend this is awesome because I don't know what to do next. There's no idea what to do next from here. Listen, we have now lived enough years. We've met enough people. We've met a tremendous variety of people, a tremendous breadth and depth of humanity in terms of all sizes and all forms. Some of the ones that are in the most emotional turmoil, some of the deeply unhappiest people I know, some of the most depressed people I know, some of the most tormented are the ones that seem most perfect to the outside world. They seem so perfect to the outside world in themselves that you're like, what? There must be something wrong here, but I can't quite see it. 
You know what's also funny? Like I was thinking of some other people who have this seemingly perfect life, but then I also knew like, holy shit, that stuff that's going on like behind all that is like, what the fuck? I'm so glad like that's not me. But still in the proximity of that person, when I see these things, it's almost like a gravitational force that makes me want that too, even though I know, no, I don't want that. And there's like sides of me, right? This one side is like irrationally wanting that. The other side is like glad it doesn't have that. You know, I believe that when we see these people and we have admiration for them or we are attracted or we're like, wow, I wish I was that perfect. The reason why we still have that is because there's still parts in us that are insecure about our imperfection. Moment by moment, this can change, right? You can be at an emotional state where you're really grounded and accepting and embracing of yourself. And then when you see these people, you're like, ah, five seconds later, a moment of insecurity and see somebody. Or you can see one type of perfect person that doesn't trigger your insecurity because in that regard that they're perfect, you're okay with how you are. And then you see another person that's perfect in a way that does trigger your insecurity because they're perfect in a way that you wish you would be. And you haven't just overcome that. You haven't really faced that yet, right? To truly like play with it. I remember growing up, I always looked at people that were perfectly dressed and that were dressed expensively. And I always had this feeling and it's you. it was usually, you know, I grew up in Germany and I grew up in a very like immigrant social housing kind of environment. So when I would see these like richer, better dressed people and looking good and being well dressed was very important in our household. My mom, my grandfather, they were very like aesthetic, very like, oh, you need to be pretty and wear nice clothes. And they tried their best with the budgets they had. So when I would see somebody that was dressed really expensively and nicely, there was always this feeling, this question since my childhood that was, how must it feel to be this person right now? It must feel amazing. These people always looked like they just had taken a shower. Their hair was perfect. We were wearing these clothes. The clothes looked like they must feel amazing. And what kind of a life do you have to they have to look this pretty and wear these perfect things that are so expensive? They must have crossed the river to the happy side. I'm over here in the dirty side. And I'm like, how the fuck? It must be incredible. Until one moment, I remember, and oftentimes I kept that. Oftentimes, you know, when you're at places where wealthier people would show up, you would have that kind of thing happen more often. I remember, you know, when I would go to nice hotels, I would see lots of people nicely dressed and I would have that kind of childlike dialogue again. And then one day I was having that childlike dialogue, looking at somebody. And then I was thinking, oh, if they look at me, they could say the same thing. Like the things that I wear, I'm more expensive than this person's things. I look like a badass. I like fucking, I look like rock and roll, like I'm fucking some rock star or something. But I don't feel like I imagined as a child people feel like everything that I wear feels amazing. I'm in this like on the side of the winners and the people that figured life out. And I just feel just like, yeah, we are the day I felt like I'm just, you know, maybe I feel good, maybe I feel bad, but I just feel normal, like a human with issues. Things itch me, things aren't, you know, I'm too tight, I'm stressed, I'm this, I'm that. I mean, when you get to that point, it's either freeing or it's the final imprisonment, right? When you get to a point where you wanted to get, when you arrived at some point, it doesn't matter if it's like, I'm gonna become a successful entrepreneur and I'm gonna make tons of money, and then you get there. Or, oh, once I worked out and my body's in physical perfect shape, and then you get there. Oh, once I have this girlfriend or boyfriend that's so pretty that everybody will admire me and then you'll get there or once I have the dream house and home whatever it is once you get to the dream almost always you have to realize that after the first little dopamine hit and after the first kind of like ah novelty of it it might be nice it might be something you really like but it is not the answer to life's problems and it's not the destination that you can now finally relax into perfection like it's just not nothing is and when you get to that point proportionally for many people to how hard they had to work to get there and how much they were holding 
on to the idea that that's going to be it. That is going to be the answer to everything. It's not the game changer. Yeah. Once you get there, it's a very harsh moment where you'll have one of two choices. Either now I'm going to have to pretend for the rest of my life that I'm happy, that I'm fulfilled. I'm going to pretend this feels inside like it looks outside, which is like the ultimate prison, right? Now for the rest of my yes. life, I'm going to have to pretend this. I'm going to have to sell myself, right? Run away from this truth because I can't handle or face this fucking truth that I sacrificed my whole life for 30 years to get to this point. Now that I'm at this point, this was not it. Fuck. And then there's probably many, many variations of this, I'll have to step back and decide what does this mean? And for some people, what does it mean was, oh my God, I lived a lie. This lie was the lie. But now I found a better truth. It was not about the millions, Ramin. It's about spiritual enlightening. I'm going to travel to India. I'm going to become a Buddhist and I'm going to practice yoga. And that is going to be the final masterpiece of me, the true masterpiece of me. And then just chase some fucking other thing. That's another illusion, another destination. Or you get to some kind of a point where you go, well, nothing in life is good. Everything is suffering. Everything is bad. See, even when you get what you want, it's nothing. And so wanting anything is stupidity. Then you get very cynical and dark. Or you're dope. You open one of the, the eyes a little bit and you go, fuck. Well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there isn't a destination. Okay, let's take a deep breath and contemplate this idea. It is equal parts terrifying as well as absolutely enlightening and freeing, right? To believe there's no destination is both the greatest idea there is and the worst idea that's out there like it's the least appealing idea that's out there in our world that there is no destination there's not a single thing that will solve you that resolves you that perfects you just take a breath and just do one thing at a time and dance the dance of life and you'll stumble and make it part of the dance and that to me is one of the most beautiful ideas that exists i also get that it's just not that appealing like the thought that no matter how awesome i am no matter how much i meditate no matter how much MDMA therapy I've made, no matter how much yoga I do, no, much, no matter how healthy I eat, no matter how good I sleep, no matter how perfect my relationship is, that I will wake up some days and be depressed or be angry or be irritated or that I will have decisions that I have to make that I will be overwhelmed by and not know what to do or that I will make mistakes, that I will have regret. Although I do all these things perfectly. I have the perfect life. All the books I'm reading them, all the rules I'm following them, all the habits I'm creating them, it still would be that way. On the flip side, you know, once you know that you're already there, congratulations you're as far ahead and as far behind as the highest saint and the lowest low life. You're there, right with everybody else in humanity. You're like right there, right? You're just as alive as everybody else. Not holier, but also not less holy than anyone. And anyone that seems to be ahead of you because they have more money or because they have more sex or because they are more attractive or because they are maybe in some ways and maybe in other ways they're way behind you. It's very tough to say. It's very difficult to weigh people's lives against each other. Now, there's certain areas where we can, like financial success, I can very clearly weigh yours against mine or fitness, we could weigh against each other or whatever. But there's areas where we can just compare and go, yeah, this person seems ahead of that person. But when it comes to the quality of your life, it's impossible. Somebody could live the perfect life. If we just made a list of people that are taking their lives, how many of these stories do you hear where the family, the friends, the co-workers are like, I thought he was so happy. He had everything, the perfect wife, the perfect 
perfect job. People that loved him. He was cracking jokes this morning before he went and jumped off a building. Like, what the fuck happened? What happened was that we don't fucking know how anyone feels. And oftentimes we don't dare to know how we really feel. Oftentimes you look in the mirror and you go, just like me this morning, I went, how can I not feel good? I have the perfect life. There's no reason to feel the way that I do right now. How dare I? Now, if I decided that that feeling was illegitimate and I needed to pretend to myself that it doesn't exist, it would have led to a very different outcome of a day and a life than accepting it and saying, well, the river is flowing in a direction that's unpleasant this morning. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Let's see where this leads. Let's see what place we'll discover this way. Maybe it'll suck and it'll suck, right? There's no sense in swimming against this, trying to stop it or pretending it doesn't exist. There's no sense in that other than suffering and pain and realizing that you're human is not a tragedy. I had this conversation with another person that I deeply love and admire. This is a kind of person that always helps everybody. And this is another thing that I've learned over the years, what I call the helpers, right? The people that are just like always in a good mood, always smiling, always uppity uppity, always helping, running around, solving everybody's problems, thinking about everybody's birthdays, making surprises, coordinating your events and parties for people. These people that seem so active and so giving and so loving and so helpful, oftentimes the ones that run away the hardest from themselves, that are the harshest in not helping themselves at all. And so they have to drown the world with the thing they are neglecting to give themselves, thinking that might get them there. And I was talking to her and she was telling me how certain things in her life right now are going really, really well. And she's surprised because the things she's going through, people would think she would be in a really bad place, but she's actually in a great place and surprisingly, she's handling perfectly and everything is really, really nice. And I said, that is awesome to hear. And in case in the future, that stops to be the case at some point and you struggle like most of humanity struggled going through this phase of life, that would also not be a tragedy because it would just confirm that you are as well a human being. I used to think that would be a tragedy. Anytime I acted like a what I thought normal human being, to me, that was the gravest of sins and the biggest of tragedies. And defeat. Yes, the defeat of my true purpose and potential and the masterpiece that I'm trying to create here. And after almost 40 years on this planet, I finally and slowly getting to the point of realizing I am a human being and this is not a tragedy. This is not the end of the world. You know, it's actually beautiful. It is actually a gift. I don't have to be above humanity to be good, to be worthwhile, to have accomplished something. Being a human is a tremendous gift. And of course, I want to do cool shit and be a good human. And of course, there's areas where I want to improve and change. But in all the ways that I am human and weak and small and struggling and overwhelmed, all those things, it's not a tragedy. It is a gift. It's a blessing. It's richness. It's the richness of life to experience all of it, all the emotions, all the struggles in any area in life where you think you figured it out, where you're like, this shit, I'm great. Mm -hmm. Life is a surprise waiting for you, motherfucker, because you obviously are looking at a very distorted mirror of yourself in that area of your life to think you are perfect there. You figured it out. You're great. You're good. There's nothing for me to do here already. I have all the answers in. All right. Awesome. Best of luck with that. Most actionable nugget for me from my experience of my day to day has been this accepting the imperfections of my day, especially my inner imperfections, the thoughts I don't like, the tensions I want to get rid of, the emotions that stand in my way or that irritate me again and seeing them not just as inner children or as part of my experience that I need to accept and embrace, but seeing them as an enriching part of my life. Like it is a thing that makes my life, the texture of my life broader, deeper, wider, wilder 
wilder. It's not something to get rid of. The more colors, the more textures I get rid of, the less is on the canvas of my life and the less alive my life becomes. So, and even that is normal, which is the wish that I'll keep stumbling into to not have some of these things, right? to be getting rid of them or to be reducing them. And then when they are reduced, when things get better, quote unquote, to want to hold on to that. And then when it gets worse in certain area to be fighting that or be surprised or guilty or upset. Now my mornings are great. Why is this morning not great? This doesn't fit into my idea of how my life now it's going to continue on forever. I'll keep definitely stumbling into this where certain areas of my life get better. And then I'm like, that's what I want them to be forever. And when it changes, I struggle and I fight it.